Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa. He's out on Long Island. This is Thanksgiving weekend, so we're just going to do a real light show. Everybody get back to your turkey leftovers and, and your pie. Uh, we're just going to take a look at the Seattle expansion this weekend and um, where, they're at, where they're at in the process, what their philosophies are, are looking like they might be, and, and just have a real fun talk about it. It's a short 30-minute show, so in, enjoy. We'll be right back. All right, hockey fans, this is Mark along with Chris. We're just going to have a really, really kind of just fun exercise of looking up at Seattle and where they're at. They're not coming in until the 2021, so plenty of time. But since uh, Vegas Golden Knights um, obviously just came in the league, uh, we're going to look at where Seattle is in the process. So, Chris, good day to you, sir. Good day to you, and – uh, I guess no, no. You have to have lasagna, by the way, uh, on Thanksgiving as well. So just you know, lasagna out here on the east. Yeah, on the east coast, we, you know, and when you know when you have a vowel at the end of your name, uh, lasagna is, you, is always on the menu on Thanksgiving. Ah, do you make so, a turkey lasagna or do you do the turkey? No, and just no, the no. Lasagna is the side yeah, dish. Yeah, so lasagna is a side dish. Lasagna is a side dish. So, uh, that so good. I, I, you, you got a, uh, you got some good. Uh, Good quotes from Mr. Ron Francis. Won't we lead with uh lead with that? Well, yeah, the the Sportsnet.ca uh, ran an article about him and and kind of gave a little update. So I'm gonna quote a little bit from uh, from that article. That uh, they are down to five team names, <laughs> and they're going through the what well, obviously people who remember the Vegas Golden Knights are waiting. Seem like forever to get a name out of them. Um, oh, is that right? They're down to five team names. Yeah, down to five team names. They're oh, going well, through the uh, the trade what are, process. What are the names? They have not disclosed that, sir. Ah. <laughs> they, they're not letting any of that out because you know how people are. <laughs> They'll buy up every uh-huh. domain name with Seattle Kraken oh, or right. Seattle Sasquatch or whatever, whatever it is they're uh, – you know, considering, and they'll end up having to pay twenty five grand to find their own website. So they're, they're being real uh, close lipped of of the the final five. Um, they they're planning on on coming out with a team name around the All Star break. <clears throat> so they're going to be well, they're going to be ahead of Vegas in that respect. Um, what they, about colors? Get, uh, colors still still top secret. Okay. Still under lock and key, I guess. What they said they were doing is they've got their logos and they're matching them up and the colors with the team names and and going through trademarking process. 
so they they don't have any hiccups along the lines like Vegas did. And then right. um, hopefully, if everything goes well, there'll be uh, announcement sometime around the. I'm sure. Hopefully, if everything goes good, they're they're anticipating uh, maybe tying it in with All Star Weekend some way. Um, but sometime sometime early in 2020, they plan on finalizing and, and announcing their name. So uh, well ahead of the Vegas Golden Knight in that regard. Um, okay. they, the, the demand up there is great. Obviously, they sold their 10,000-seat allotment in 12 minutes. They uh, – 25,000 deposits in the first hour and they got 32,000 the first day. Um, and they're saying there's another 3,000 on the list that want to get it on the 32. I don't think the key arena is going to expand quite that much. So they're, they're, they're coming up with, uh, Todd Lewicki and his staff. They're looking at, um, maybe doing partial season tickets for people on the waiting list, little mini game packages and stuff like that, that Vegas also had to do. So um, what I found interesting was that Ron Francis and um, they're running a skeleton crew right now. He says he doesn't feel like uh, burdening the ownership with, with excessive salary before it's necessary, but they've reached out to uh, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and, and, they offered to share their entire five-year blueprint with with Ron Francis, and what they they said that that quickly got scrapped when they uh, they got lucky. I'm I'm gonna quote the article here. Uh, they got lucky, took advantage of the long gap uh, between expansion drafts, and turned very aggressive once they found themselves to be contenders, but. Uh, just inter, and they've also reached out to David Poyle in Nashville, um, uh, and and you know taking notes on on what they went through in, in the expansion draft. But surprising to me that McPhee and McCrimmon would uh, uh, offer to show uh, another franchise. They're going to be in the Pacific Division, so I can understand. Yeah, that you know, friendly, but to show them you your whole that, blueprint, that's a little too that, friendly in my book. You say that, you know what popped into my mind was the movie We Are Marshall, where right. uh, yes. they go they go to, um, oh, God, Marshall. Great and, scene, um, by the way. West yeah, Virginia. West Virginia. And they want to run the Veer. They want to run a specific thing in there. You know, they're not in the same conference, but they are, they're neighbor colleges, and they play each other, although they're not that year, and they want to see all the video. And uh, that that's what popped in my head when you, I'm like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, West Virginia and Marshall at that point were different on different levels and whatnot. And this is the same league, so uh, yeah, that does surprise me uh, a, a little bit. And and uh, you know, and obviously, you can go back and study it yourself and see what the teams did, and you know, sort you know, and and how how they progressed, and uh, you know, how the players that they took. You know, I'm sure Vegas was even surprised a little bit that the kind of player that William Carlson became and, and things of that nature. Like things really, you know, you, you are hopeful on the players you select and, you know, certain things go above, uh, beyond expectations and, and then you recalibrate. And I think that's kind of what happened with Vegas. So everyone is, it's their unique situation, but that is a little surprising. 
Yeah, um, he goes on to give you know good compliments to the to the Vegas Golden Knights. George and Kelly did an absolutely incredible job in Vegas. That's not the norm. We'll certainly try and do what I can to replicate that. Um, at the same time, they have a unique challenge in the sense that Vegas just did this a few years ago, and they got to the Stanley Cup final, and everybody expects that we're going to get to the Cup and win in our first year. Um, so Vegas, uh, from you know reading between the lines there, Vegas set the bar pretty high for Seattle. Um, he he knows uh, interesting. Uh, just real quick sidebar. He uh, he's at a at a conference when he's when he's giving this interview, and he, and the GM meetings were actually going on right next door. And he goes, "Well, I'm not allowed in there until the team makes their final payment." So he he's still not, you know obviously not allowed to go to the GM meetings or, or anything like that, but. He's like, uh, we're not trying to be compared with Vegas, uh, is, but it, it seems like, you know, they might already be feeling a little bit of, uh, you know, pressure from the success that the Golden Knights had, obviously, in their first year and since. Um, they, and that, that'll lead us into uh, kind of some of the things we just wanted to, to round table about with today and, and what their philosophies are going to be. Once you start breaking down, um, the rules are going to be the same as the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, every team, the protection rules are uh, you can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. So that eight skaters you protect, you have two less uh Spots to protect, but you can do any combo that you want. Like, for instance, the Islanders did that because they were kind of heavy on defense, as an example. I think it was three or four teams that went with the eight skaters and one goalie. Um, Seattle must select 14 forwards, nine defensemen, three goalies. Seattle must hit 60% of the previous year's salary cap limit after the expansion draft, which shouldn't be too hard considering they're, you know, selecting what? Uh, 26 players um, actually more than that um, uh, players with no move clauses who do not waive them for, for the expansion draft must be protected and now that's a very important point uh, yeah. standpoint of that's where teams can wind up exposing a player they really don't want to so like for instance the, I'll use the Islanders as an example uh, for the Vegas draft they had to protect Andrew Ladd because at the time he had a no-move clause. They had to protect Johnny Boychuk because at the time he had a no-move clause. Those no-move clauses are now gone. But some other teams, you know, they, that would lock certain players in. And if that player is, you know, uh, not the player he once was or has a high cap number or, you know, so on and so forth. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a, something to keep an eye on in terms of future looking at rosters. All first and second year NHL players are exempt from the from the expansion draft. So, uh, so for instance, someone who so for instance Jack Hughes, who's a rookie this year. So my understanding would be the Devils wouldn't have to protect him, I believe, if I have that correct. So because he'll be uh, finish up his second year next year, as an example. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are also exempt from the expansion draft. So the Knights have nothing to worry about in terms of expansion. Um, so that's those are the the foundation rules. And since you brought it up uh, in terms of the, the Golden Knights and expectations, 
And again, if we go back and look at a point in time of the expansion draft, so there are the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they have Matt Murray. They have Mark Andre Fleury. They can only protect one guy. They have two excellent goalies. Uh, obviously, they could have went the trade route and traded one of them beforehand. But so they wind up making like a small side deal with Vegas. But in essence, there was Vegas being able to select a. Front line is being too kind, but uh, uh, you know one of the an elite goaltender to build their team, um, you know from day one. Now, what is that going to look like for Seattle in terms of the goalies available? I mean, odds are, and this is again, it's so hard to predict protection list at this point. There's too many, there's too many variables going on. I mean, first off, there are guys who are going to who are pending UFAs who will sign beforehand, and then they would have to be protected. So it's almost a very hard test to do, although I did hear that in a Ron, interview, uh, Ron, uh, Ron Francis gave an interview, and then they're going to start um, doing that in January you know, with him and his sure. team just to get a get a feel. So, But going back to the goalie, so you really want to look at, okay, what teams have two really good goalies uh, and they're only going to be able to protect one? What is that prop going to look like? You know, you really want to look at the teams, not so much the Montreal Canadiens of the world that have Carey Price and someone else, more of the New York Islanders of the world who have Thomas Grice and Rolomov, although Thomas Grice is a UFA at the end of this year, and the Islanders have a young stud kid coming over who's got less than two years' experience. That's what I'm saying about how impossible to predict. But but in terms of Seattle – Who's going to be, you know, that's the first thing. Vegas got Flurry. You can't do better than that to start your franchise. They expect Seattle to get someone as good as that. Very unrealistic, I would have to say. Yeah, for sure. And let me backtrack just a little bit um, before the the league uh, the league created the Golden Knights to succeed. Conspiracy theorists get, get too excited about us, the Golden Knights being – Exempt in uh, 2000 when Columbus and Minnesota entered the league, the Atlanta Thrashers and the Nashville Predators had their rosters protected because they were the two newest franchises in the league, uh, one and two years respectively in the league. So there's precedent for that. And also the Golden Knights will not be sharing in the expansion fee distribution, which is $150 million more than what the, you know, what Bill Foley had to play to get his franchise in Las Vegas. So it was, that was not the case in Atlanta and Nashville. So um, there is precedent for it and they are taking a cash penalty for keeping the roster that they have intact. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, so like I said, it will be, it'll be interesting. My guess is, if I was to make a, an educated guess, is Seattle is not going to wind up with a true big-time number one goalie. I haven't looked at the free agent list in terms of, you know, from at least from the expansion draft. I don't know if there's going to be someone who's going to be a July 1st guy that they could target in, 20, uh, in June of 2021, I guess, or July 1st, 2021. Um, well, that's another but, interesting thing about the expansion draft rules, and and 
uh, the Golden Knights I heard uh, tested the waters with it. They get um, that's right. I believe seventy two hours to negotiate they get it in with the USA before the July first opens for business. So they can sign any free agent before they hit the open market and Seattle will, will have that same rule in place. So, um, if they, if there is, and I'm trying to look it up right now, uh, a big name goalie coming on the market, which if you're going to build your team, um, remember Van Beesbrook went to Florida, um, and they went to the cup in their third year, I believe. Yep. Um, thanks to Chris Moore for that information being on the top of my head. Um, then they, they'll, they'll be able to get their hands on them if that's what they want to do. And I remember we were doing our mock drafts for Vegas and Ben Bishop was the big, uh, big name free agent goalie who wasn't returning to Tampa because, uh, Vasilevsky was, was deemed ready to go and his rights were traded or he was traded to the LA Kings. And I, that was, that was my big get. If if somehow they could have could have targeted and landed Ben Bishop, um, I thought that was going to be the the goalie to target. Well, who, who knew that um, Pittsburgh was going to give Vegas? They got a first for the the privilege of of taking Mark Andre Fleury off their hands, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't know if they got a first. I think they might have gotten like a second. But okay, you know that's a, and that's a, that's an important point you hit there, and that is uh, in terms of, yeah, well, the the thing I think Seattle has going, another big thing, the biggest thing I think Seattle has going against them is, they obviously it's not that long ago was the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft, and now that the dust has settled, then you go back and you, you open the books and you analyze well, what happened. You, you realize that at the end of the day, most teams that made deals with Vegas to protect Certain players uh, came out on the bad end of it. So, and not just the teams that got the bad end of it are going to remember that, but everyone else in the league is going to be like, hey, remember Minnesota? They were so worried about losing player X and Y and Z. So what did they do? They made this deal with Vegas, and they lost Eric Halla and Alex Tuck. What did Florida do? They wound up losing Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcuso. Um, what did the Islanders do? They had all these defensemen they had to protect and these young forwards. And, yeah, they didn't really lose anyone. In fact, Vegas took J.F. Barubi, who's an AHL guy. But they wound up, you know, losing a first and second round pick uh, as opposed to uh, just losing one of those players and some of those players that worked out. So I was listening to a, uh, a webcast. Actually, we had Mike Agello on recently covers the Sabres and the Leafs, and I was listening to his webcast, and they had Kevin Allen on, and apparently Kevin, who's out in, uh, into the Detroit area, was talking about how the McPhee and company were constantly calling Ken Holland, then the GM of the Red Wings, and trying to, you know, get one of these kind of deals. And Ken Holland was, according to Kevin Allen, was adamant, saying, you're going to get one good player from me, but that's all you're going to get. So... Hmm. That's, you know, I wonder if that mentality, uh, when you look at it, it's one thing to say, hey, if I could get this last, you know, player protected, the drop-off in my talent of exposure, right, 
is significant. So it's worthy of me to to do something like that versus, you know, some of these other deals that that went down. I mean, in fact, in the case of Columbus, not only did they get William Carlson, they got the flip, I believe, first-round pick. Um, uh, I believe it was the Winnipeg Jets slot with Columbus. So they went from 24 to 13, I believe, if memory serves correct. So I think that recent history, and not just from the teams, I don't want to say got burned, but really things did not work out, and, and looking back at it, they gave up way too much as opposed to just taking your medicine and losing one player. Um, I think that's going to make things a lot trickier this time around for Seattle in terms of compiling players with deals and draft picks. I think teams could say, you know, you know what, I'm going to just take my medicine if you wind up. But kind of like what the Washington Capitals did. They didn't want to lose Nate Schmidt, but they knew they were going to. And, you know, so that's how that played out. So, um uh, I, the William Carlson deal was even worse for Columbus than that. They traded a first, a second, and the David Clarkson contract to the Golden Knights to make sure that Vegas would take that bum William Carlson off their hands. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's going to be that's going to make it a tough for Ron Francis. That I'm not saying no one's going to want to deal with him, and and I'm sure just like last time, there'll be players that they definitely do not want to lose that are going to be on that exposure list. That opens the door for him, but I think it's going to be a lot, to put it mildly, a lot trickier for this time around than it was for Vegas. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, depending on, I can see Minnesota maybe doing the same thing. They had the the I mean most of the defensemen that they were trying to protect at that point are gone now. Um, they're but, an older team though, so I would think they're, they're, they're an, yeah. And then the you know Hollis was fantastic for the Golden Knights, and and I thought he would do well in Carolina, and he he's been dinged up, but he came out of the gate on fire. And obviously, Alex Tuck is if he can stay healthy. Uh, a, a great combination of size, skill, and speed, and you just can't wait two or three years to see him coming into his prime and how good he's going to be when he realizes how good he really is, you know? Um, but if if you have, if you know, if you're a general manager and you think that you're in a window, right, and that window's closing, which, you know, you can't really fault Minnesota for it, the uh, they they if they thought they were in that window and they thought that they could lose the the younger oh, asset sure. who may not be there you there might be some teams out there willing to uh you know do the old used car trade and and wheel and deal with Ron Francis but i think they're going to be more willing to just say okay bite the bullet pick your poison off we go and then after, I mean, that th- there was a lot of talk here in town um, when it came to the trade deadline in in 2017, 2018, but the 2017 season that they the there were a lot of general managers that weren't really willing to uh, take a phone call from George McVie after the uh, what happened at the expansion draft and and 
the deals that he was kind of, you know, forcing their hand, if you will, on their, on their protection list. So I don't know if that's something to be careful of, but. And I'm yeah. going to tell you the team, the kind of scenario that Ron Francis is going to rub his hands together, that he really, this is where it really plays in well, that they're going to, they're in a good position with uh, plucking a player. And that's going to be teams with depth that have players 27, 28, and under. That's where he's going to be like, okay, you know, that's where I know I'm going to get a good player from them. And that could also open the door to a deal where I can get multiple assets. And if not, then I'm going to get a good player. Those are the teams. So that's what happened with Minnesota. That's what happened with Florida. Um, you know, like a team like the Islanders right now, and I haven't studied it. Um, like, for instance, Casey Sezikis is an example. His contract ends at the end of next season. The Islanders could, you know, like, like I'm sure there will be a lot of strategic moves by the existing clubs. Like, they'll wait to sign their own players potentially so they don't have to protect them for expansion, as an example. So Casey Sezikis is a free agent, an unrestricted free agent, at the end of after next season. So the Islanders could wait to sign him until July 1 and say, look, we're going to have a deal done, yada, yada, yada. But a team like the Islanders right now, who are running so well, and their biggest strength is their strength in numbers. So those are the kind of teams, you know, versus the star-studded teams, if you will. But then it's also the mixture of those players. Do those teams have a lot of guys two years and under that are going to be exempt, as an example, too? There's a lot of permutations going on, but but if you're a Seattle fan and you want to dive, start diving in, looking at names, role-playing this stuff, um, go through, go to like a cap-friendly and go through the teams that have depth and then look at the ages of the players. And that's really, that's going to be Ron Francis where he wants to hone in on. Teams with depth that have players of 27, 28 years of age and younger in that mix. That's what he wants. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you pick up uh, – uh, I mean, that's to fill your roster out. You pick up the the Alex Tuck, and, and you, you have to try – and I, I, George McPhee was a master, and, and he picked the young some young players. He brought in, obviously, Neil and Perron with, that had a little age on uh, – you know, a little miles on the tires, if you will – uh, probably with the idea of fan recognition, selling tickets, and then moving them at the trade deadline for some future right, assets. Right, which didn't happen. You know, planning. Yeah, it didn't happen. Um, planning. You know, and, and you you might take some of those veteran guys too, uh, just to try and Absolutely. you know pick up a first. It, it the, the George McPhee George McPhee lady, offering to let him look at his at his blueprint and plan is is still something that just kind of. But keep in mind, know, lot, it rubs me the wrong way, I guess. Keep in mind, and I, I'm not poo-pooing what a great job Vegas did, but as great of a job anyone does, you know, and they, and look, everyone knew that Alex Tuck was a top 50 prospect when he was taken. But, you know, not every top 50 prospect come, hits the ground running and, and becomes a, a player like Alex Tuck has. You know what I mean? Sure. So, uh, um, you know, I don't want to say the breaks went their way, but – you know, um, they put in the homework, they believed in these players, and it worked out. It doesn't always work out. It seems like every time 
you know, Vegas is at the, sorry for the pun, but they're at the blackjack table. They know how to play the cards. And then when the cards were flipped, they, they went with the odds uh, that they thought they were, and they wound up getting a winning hand. It doesn't always work that way. So um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot tougher for Seattle, and that's without even diving in to all the different names yet. I think it's too early to to, to do that. I, or or it, it, it yeah. would require a lot of work. That's for sure. But there's a lot of variables going around uh, going on in terms of contracts and pending UFAs and and uh, all that good stuff. So, but like I said, if you're a Seattle fan, uh, you know, have at it, you know. Now, speaking of the tuck thing, the Vegas picked up a third round pick from Minnesota to take him. <laughs> they picked up a, I'm going through the list right now. Uh, they picked up a fourth round pick from Florida to take Riley Smith. And that made sure that they would take uh Marsha show off their hands. They uh, previously mentioned a first and a second and Clarkson's deal from Columbus. They took, got a fifth round pick for taking uh, Eric Halla, uh Anaheim. They gave up Shea Theodore. Buffalo, they gave up Will Carrier. Um, and a sixth round pick. The Islanders, Vegas Golden Knights acquired Jake Bitchoff, Mikhail Krabowski, and New York's first round pick and New York's second round pick. They took a bad um, contract, though. Well, one year to go, yeah. Grabowski. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is also something that Seattle might do may, to reach the cap, help them with the cap numbers, reaching the uh, like 60%. Hey, we'll take a bad contract off your hands, but give us some future assets. And the bad contract's only for the next one to two years, if you will. So that could be a door that they might look into, t- take a bad contract or two to gain uh, future assets. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's just going part of the way through the list. Uh, the Vegas made out big. And if that's, oh. if that's, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fun. They're going to, I wanted to touch on real quick before we run out of time, Chris. And, and um, as far as, as realignment goes, there's going to be too many teams in the Pacific division. Mm-hmm. What kind of makes sense to you? Um just going down the Pacific Division list at who's got to go. I think the only real viable option is Arizona. As crazy as that sounds, because you don't think of Arizona. I think they have to move to the Central, right? Because you're not moving Vegas. you got the three California teams. You're not mm-hmm. moving Seattle's in the Pacific Northwest. They're mm-hmm. not going into the Central. Then you have the, the uh, Western Canada teams. I, I don't think there's a, really another option. I don't mind Calgary. Calgary could go to the Central and have a nice, really? uh, nice rivalry with Winnipeg, play them more times but, each year. No, I know, but all the other teams, I, it's it's more of a the, the the least painful, although it's going to be painful, would be Arizona in terms of where they're located versus all the other teams where they're located. I, I think, think the travel would be worse for, for Arizona to try and play in the so? Central than Calgary. Yeah, in the in the Pacific Northwest where Calgary is. Yeah, maybe I I, I haven't studied it enough. Well, I, I, I wouldn't put Calgary in the Pacific Northwest. You know, British Columbia and Vancouver are between right. uh, you know the Pacific Northwest and and Alberta. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, but, but if you do that, you're also splitting up the uh, Edmonton Calgary getting to play that many times every year too. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think whoever the team is, I don't think they're going to be thrilled. 
No, no, well, you don't want to be down. the guy to move. But uh, they're not going with nine teams in the Pacific unless. No, uh, no they're not. Maybe. Hey, no. what if now? Now, I don't have any information on this, so so Nordic Nation, don't get excited. Uh, that's what if Arizona goes to Quebec. I haven't heard a clue about any of that. I haven't I either, I but uh, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have heard clue about. Uh, I, I doubt it happens. Movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's the one scenario where I think the commissioner might entertain that is trying to balance the conferences. Yeah, I don't think. And, I mean, I, I don't think that's gonna. I, I, they seem a lot more stable now than they have been in a while, but I haven't read enough up about that from the business side of things, but uh still yeah, don't have if a I was stadium a coming. Man, right. If I was a betting man, I think, I, I think it's gonna wind up being at, Right. I, I would bet it was gonna be I would bet Arizona. If I was a to betting the central. Man, to the central. Yeah. Hmm. I wanna start the uh, Arizona to Quebec rumors. Central yeah. will need an extra team. The they're 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 a team short. They got seven teams right now, so that would be the likely landing spot to balance that out. The Pacific, you know, obviously, Seattle goes to the Pacific, and then you bump Arizona to or somebody to the Central, and then you have four four divisions with eight teams each, thirty-two team league. Everybody's happy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it. I think it's going to be either. I think the choice is either Arizona or Calgary. Yeah, so it's, Edmonton uh, has the brand new deal or brand new stadium. Obviously, Edmonton's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't. And like I said, I think it's going to be. I, I really do think it's going to be Arizona. Okay. Well, do you got any other thoughts on uh, that we need to pick up here? Yeah, like I said, I, I think it's it, it's really hard. I mean, it's a shame because I really did, and I put a lot. I remember when we put a lot of work into studying all these teams, Vegas. It, it, and I started to try to do that. I'm like, this is just. I even so I started at first with the Islanders because I know it, you know, backwards and forwards, and and uh, and I was like, you know what? Also, where are the players going to be between now and the end of next year? Who winds up getting a bad injury? You know what I mean? Like, you know, that that could change things. So you get get a guy who's playing great now, and you're like, well, they have to protect him. And unfortunately, uh, a year and a half from now. Oh, he's just had two concussions and kind of not the same. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he had a serious sure. knee injury. There's, there's, there's just so many permutations. I don't even think you can start thinking about it until this time next year, and 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 get a sense of things. Um, but, um, but yeah, it will definitely be a. It's a, definitely a fun thing to come up. I really do hope that they at the All Star break. Uh, announce the name and the and the team colors and why not start selling t-shirts, jerseys, you know, hat, the whole nine yards. Promote uh, promote the team and whatnot and get people even more fired up. So uh, I'm looking. I'm, I think it's it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, even though my team's probably gonna be in a position where they're gonna lose another good player, but you know, so be it. Well, all right, we're going to let everybody get back to their families and their American Thanksgiving weekends. Uh, it's just just a, a nice little update on, on where they are in, in their process. 
seems like they're ahead of the game on the the naming at least. And uh, Francis, I did notice in that article that he's still living in Carolina full time, and he goes he travels to Washington for a week every month as as they're getting the ball rolling up there. So still a lot of work to do. He's they're planning on filling out their their scouting staff um, in the summer so they can go full bore into scouting for next season. Um, and, and, and from what I saw, there was a hiccup with the stadium, but that was ironed out and everything as far as the, the stadium renovation is also on track and looking to be ready to go in 2021. So there you have it. Um, you guys make sure you give Chris a follow. He's, he's starting to put out more of his Islanders content now, and it's always a good read. You can find him on Twitter at the NL King and the website for his Islanders content is Ion Isles FS. And you guys can email the show, Mark Warner at Vegas Hockey Podcast. And obviously follow us on Twitter at Vegas Hockey Pod. And don't forget to go over to the Hockey Podcast Network.com and check out some of the other shows that are on the platform that we're with with uh, Isha over, over on their site now. Uh, I've been listening. Uh, Trying to trying to get at least one episode out of every other host. I'm not there yet, full disclosure. But uh, so far, so good. Uh, every, every show I have been able to listen to is, is real quality stuff from guys that really know hockey. And I'm trying to trying to pick a team to listen to uh, that's coming up on the Golden Knights schedule and and see where they're at. So uh, it's a fun thing to do if you have a little time and and you're driving or whatever and you need a podcast, go to the Hockey Podcast network.com and check them out anything else chris before we go i guess the last thing that just uh, real quick is uh is the kind of coach does does uh, seattle uh do they go with a kind of a young whippersnapper guy do they go with someone with experience i think i read something that ron francis was leaning with someone with experience and whatnot um so that's you know obviously it's too early for them to hire a coach this year sometime i would think I would think maybe by this, you know, by this time, the, uh, the holidays next year, they would want to have that coach in tow. So, uh, uh, so obviously Mike Babcock is now on the free agent market as coaches as a possibility. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that, that's something to think about too of, you know, the process of uh, hiring a coach and you know again are they going to go with the kind of the young uh, gun guy that a lot of teams go with, or are they going to go with the the established guy, the the Babcocks, the Barry Trotzes, the Gerard Gallant, along those lines? Yeah, it, it, the only reason I would think that they might wait a little bit longer than the holidays next season is if there's uh, someone that oh, firing. has a little bit of a history with that may be on a hot seat to come towards the end of the year. Um, there are a few uh, coaches and assistant coaches that uh, obviously have played with and around Ron Francis for years. Um, if there's somebody that's on his little short list that might be coming available on a hot seat list, um, they might put that off a little bit. Uh, the one little other tidbit before we go, their AHL team is going to be, playing in Palm Springs. The team is currently building their arena 
in Palm Springs, California, which puts them right down there with uh, the San Diego Gulls and, and the Ontario Reign and some of the other teams, the Bakersfield Condor, some of the other teams in, in the uh, AHL that they'll be playing with. Uh, so not too much travel for that. They're also building a practice facility that's going to be seven miles north of downtown Seattle. So they've got three construction products projects going on at the same time as they get ready and that's also a step ahead of where the golden knights were um they they shared a minor league team the chicago wolves and i'm still not convinced that's going to be the final ahl team for the golden knights they're gonna you know my my fantasy has always been that they're going to build a rink in reno and and the the minor league club is going to be up in reno uh, long term, but uh, they're they've got their home. They they're building their arenas, and all systems go in Seattle, sir. Yeah, no, it's exciting, and um, it's a great market that's being added. And like I said, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward. It's an I find it a very exciting topic, and I'm looking forward to the different nuggets along the way. And uh, um, yeah, I'm, uh, like I said, a Seattle fans should be pretty pumped up. But like I said, temper expectations. Uh, the odds are they're not going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals the first year. I'm not trying to poo-poo on, you know, that that was a perfect storm, if you will. And uh, you know, so you know, look, you're in good hands that you have Ron Francis running your your team. So Seattle fans, you should feel good about moving forward where they're going to be in terms of the big picture um, uh, when they hit the ground running. Well, all right. We'll let everybody get back to our, our uh, their weekends here. Thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of time with us on the holiday weekend. Uh, w- all things permitting, if if uh, you know traveling and everything, if uh, we can, we're going to be back with our regular Wednesday midweek report, uh, 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. So uh, catch us then for Chris on Mark, and we're gone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.